Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in, like you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Nice. Is everything hot? That's That's nice. Is everyone feeling hot and nice? I feel hot and nice. Hot. Hot nice. (laughs) Oh, how do you like your soup? I like it hot. (laughs) And I like it. Nice. Put some oyster crackers in it. Is it got potato cubes in it? No? Good. Because that's not nice. Yeah, you don't need potato cubes with oyster crackers. Double carb. That All that is is filler. Yeah. Give me the meat. Right. I want meat and broth. All right. This is the last podcast. On the left, I am Ben Kissel with Marcus Parks. Hey. Hello. <laughs> All right. What was wrong with that? I, it doesn't wasn't a, wasn't a, a, a way that people say. That's not a response. Yeah. That's yeah. Hey. All right. Yeah. It sounded like you were being kidnapped. <laughs> right? Like, oh, like I was walking. I was free. Oh, no, I'm not. All right. Henry, who am I? I don't know. Who the hell are you? I don't even know anymore. All right, fine. So you're not going to do a character? <sighs> Isn't life but a stage? Um, Shinrikyo, <laughs> part four. We're wrapping it up. Yeah, we're wrapping it up. One of my favorite uh, series that we've ever done. This is one of the most fascinating things that we've ever covered. These people are dangerous, and they are Japanese. That's right. <laughs> so and I'm going to congratulate myself on how racist I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got a, you get a B. You know, I get a B. And guess what? I don't know if I'm going to make it to the end of this episode. That's we'll right. see if it stands. <laughs> All right. So by the end of 1994, Om Shinrikyo and Shoko Asahara, nigh invisible, these guys were feeling. They had millions, if not billions of dollars in the bank. They had 40,000 members worldwide and a stockpile of chemical weapons that were capable of murdering tens of thousands of people. You mm. did say invisible. <laughs> Nigh invincible. Ah, yes, yes. Yes, yes. They were very visible, quite overweight. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he was fat. He was fat, and he did smell a great deal, and they had several compounds. Yes, yes. Nigh invincible, excuse me. Uh, And then, on January 17th, 1995, Asahara received what could only be interpreted as a gift from God. Hmm. An earthquake in Kobe, Japan, a city with a population of about 1.5 million, killed 5,500 people in just 15 seconds. Please, wow. it is Black Mamba, Japan. <laughs> not bad, not bad. And much like our old friend Lord Rael, hmm. Asahara took a natural disaster and used it as proof that his prophecies were coming true. And Harumageddon was going to definitely happen. 
1995. Well, hmm. technically, in the very beginning, he modified it because he originally said it was anywhere f- within 1997 to 2001. Nice was, window, yeah. Yes, he was giving himself <laughs> some time, right? Because in the because you remember in a in a cult life, and especially a cult leader's life, he's building a narrative, and so he needs to push the end chapter for as long as he, as he can make it. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's just like, his followers don't really know that he's going to make sure the Harumageddon happens, right. but what he would you imagine is that once it hit 1997, Asahara was going to go back and fiddle with the timeline and being like, we will get, uh, first the Mets have to win the World Series. <laughs> Michael Jordan will retire. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we're looking at 2002 to 2005. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's what these doomsday cults do. They all they're constantly moving the goalposts. You know, and they all and they can also they can see like with like just for example, Rael, who we're all big fans of Lord Rael here. If you don't know who Lord Rael is, go back and listen to some of our past episodes on this false messiah. Also, we are going mm. to do an update on Lord Rael we, actually coming up. So. We absolutely are. But yeah. what Lord Rael does is that every time there's a natural disaster in the United States, he comes out and he says, I made this happen. I made this happen because you did not believe in me. Because of the karmic debt of the world. Yes, the karmic right. debt of the world. By God, man, Shoko Asahara is what Rael wishes he could be. Absolutely. Because Lord Rael is sitting in fucking Baja, Mexico, <laughs> smelling his own nut smell right now. Mm. Asahara was doing the same thing, but he had billions of dollars. Yeah. And guess what? Your nuts smell so much sweeter and chocolater than when you're what? also sitting on billions of dollars. Oh, yeah, you smell the money, too. Yeah. Can you imagine how much you'd love to smell your own dick if you were a billionaire? Oh, my God. I couldn't get enough of them. I would, I would, I would package it. I yeah. would literally all day just dig in between my dick and my nuts going, mm. yeah. Hey, what are you doing? Are you smelling your own balls? No, I'm smelling a billionaire's balls. A billionaire's <laughs> yeah, nuts. So and he's just like, totally can I? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. you cannot. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And because of those billions of dollars, Asahara could actually back up his claims. He could actually make Harumageddon happen. I mean, the AK-47 factory, it was slow going, but it was steady. Their chemical weapon stash rivaled that of any actual nation besides possibly uh, Iraq at the time. And all evidence available points towards them being well on their way to obtain a nuclear weapon. They were essentially a state unto themselves at this point. We gotta you know, get Jean Claude Van Damme in there. We do. We really <laughs> yeah. did. But the problem is that he'd just start staying for the bush, oh, and then once yeah. they put the gel-covered electrode hat on him, he'd be too groovy to fight. Yeah, they they, they flip him, and then and now we have to fight Jean Claude Van Damme. And, that, and that I can't handle it either way. You know what you do? Is it you you trick him into doing the split? And then oh. you move the post that he's got his feet up. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Snap his balls in there. Wow. Now, um, Asahara was telling his... Oh, also, this is also where people were on a need-to-know basis so deeply. While they were making these AK-47s in these factories, the people that were even in charge of the factories didn't know that they were making AK-47s. He told them they were these were metal factories mm-hmm. and that they were producing metals. And then he'd be like, why? And he's like... And they're like, oh, Fuck yeah. And he's just like, yeah, dude. And he's like, what? And he's like, dude. And he's like, yeah. And then fucking Stephanie Seymour came out in a fucking mess. Oh, yeah. You remember her? I do remember her. Totally, yeah. yeah. Apparently, according to uh, the blind items that we read on page seven, she fucks her son. God, that's Oh, awesome. doesn't she know? <laughs> Great for him. So he got to be in twice. <laughs> and by the way, Henry is guesting on page seven for the next few weeks. Hey, check me out. <laughs> Very nice. But, you know, they had all of this stuff. But fortunately for the people of Japan... 
the six-year murder spree that had, become, that had begun with the death of the Sakamoto family was finally starting to catch up with them. It always does. <laughs> you know, after six years of a murder spree, doesn't it, it just gets exhausting. <laughs> I mean, I can't leaves. Yeah, you know I mean, it, it just, you lose the snap to it. It's like an old <laughs> pair of underpants. You know what I was thinking about? Keeping them alive today. I didn't think I lost it. So, Om Shinrikyo's plan for Harumageddon came crashing down with the murder and abduction of a 68-year-old notary public named Kiyoshi Kariya. So, Karoshi Kariya's sister had for years been a steady cash cow for Om Shinrikyo, hooking up with the cult through a yoga class like many people did. <laughs> What? Yoga's nefarious. <laughs> I am so against yoga, it's ridiculous. If you, go, if you go as a single man in Williamsburg, you will do well. Like, but, if you walk into a yoga class being like, I'm just trying to learn how about myself, I want to center myself. I don't know. Girls are going to be like, I like you. I think I'm going to start breathing through my nose a little too heavy, and they're all going to think I'm trying to smell them like they're a billionaire. <laughs> so by 1995, uh, Korea's sister had given $600,000 to Ohm, but when the cult started to pressure her to sell all of her property as well, she got the fuck out of there. And Asahara, furious that a member had left, as he always was, but probably more concern- concerned about losing out on a super sweet land deal, he ordered cultists to find her and bring her back with all haste. I tell you what, if I lose out on a land deal, <laughs> nothing makes me matter. Oh, it's losing yeah. out on a land deal or if I drop a sandwich onto the floor while I'm walking down the street in New York. Yeah, or if you're like late to San Francisco during the gold rush. Oh, I'm yeah. late? What year is this? It's like yeah. 49ers. You're going to miss out on a land deal. Oh, what about the 52ers? Yeah. The 52ers. No, I'm sorry. It's 49er. Fuck. Yeah. God damn it. What am I going to do with these overalls? Three passed. Three. Oh, damn it. Yep. So the four-man team that Asahara sent out to... Kidnap this old lady to try to find this old lady. They figured that the best way to find the woman was to kidnap and torture her 68-year-old brother until oh. he gave up her location. So one evening after work, the team found the old man, bundled him, bundled him into a van, tranquilized him, and took him back to the compound. Again, remember, this is a legion of MIT dropouts. That's how I put it in my head, right? Yeah. It's a bunch of super nerds that he he acts are like stormtroopers. But literally, you have a bunch of nerds go and grab an old man, and they're just sticking needles into him. And what happens when you just have a bunch of people who don't know how to kidnap somebody, and they kidnap them? Oh, the kidnappy dies. Oh. Yeah, that's what happened. And you don't you don't grab an old man. You you seduce children with candy, and you seduce old men with flax. <laughs> you open up the van door and be like, "Hey, uh, you, uh, how are you feeling?" Yeah, you, you know. know you, see what I do is you open up the van door and you go like, "Hey, look, you know what's in there." The good old days. Oh, my God. Like, oh, you mean back when music was music and kids respected men with high pants? Whatever that means to you, yes. <laughs> All right, well, I can't wait to see old Bessie again. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so sad to be yeah. old. So after they accidentally killed this old man, his body, like so many others, was microwaved and dissolved further by nitric acid before Ohm members dumped the body sludge into a local <laughs> lake known mostly for water sports. Debbie, I gotta say, this is the best beach trip we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, Brad! I can't believe I had my period earlier this week after all that pushing you did in me. <laughs> Tell me about it, Debbie. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's go water skiing. <laughs> did, a, did a piece of, like, human sludge just hit me face? Oh, 
I hope so, because if not, my period started again. (laughs) (laughs) But what cult members hadn't counted on was that the day before they kidnapped the old man, he had written a note to his son saying, I was abducted by the Ohm Supreme Truth sect. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So, with such hard evidence in their possession implicating Ohm in a disappearance, Tokyo police started a plan of full-on raid, the largest they had ever done on the Tokyo compound. Because again, Mm. as we said before, they were waiting on hard evidence to finally go in there and look at everything, because before, their entire chemical weapons plant was hidden by literally a fern. (laughs) They literally put up a plant, and then it's like, I thought this was chemical weapons. But they put parrot on bridge. Must be a zoo. Yeah, must be. You're a, you're a B minus now, by the way. You're Hell yeah! I, know, I, I don't care. I want to fail. <laughs> but Ohm, as we said in the last episode, had members in both the police and the military, and were warned of the upcoming raid the minute planning for it began. But. Unlike other raids, at this point, it was impossible for Ohm to scrub their entire compound free of evidence that they were not only planning out an all-out chemical assault, but that they had an AK-47 factory, a Mm. military-grade helicopter, not to mention the makeshift prisons and the world's largest underground drug factory. They should have used those speakeasy waiter trays and flipped it. It's not a card. Casino things, roulette tables flip. (laughs) Right. You see, it's kind of like the night before you go to the dentist and you're like, better get to flossing. Right, right, right. (laughs) So Asahara decided that the only course of action for the cult to take was to create a distraction so large that police would either have to postpone the raid indefinitely or forget about Ohm altogether. And that's the thing that most people don't realize about the Om Shinrikyo attacks, that ultimately it wasn't really at that time about a death cult trying to bring about a Harumageddon. Mm-hmm. More accurately, it was a criminal enterprise trying to cover their tracks. But this is where I will slightly argue, where I do believe a, on one very practical way it is this. They are yeah. a criminal enterprise trying to cover their tracks, and Asahara was trying to do that. He was trying to distract the police using the sarin gas attacks. But at the same time, hmm. his fascination with nuclear weapons and with building an army and the AK-4, his just general fascination with this concept he had called juicing. He Ugh. wanted to juice people <laughs> from the world, and like this is Willy true. Like Willy Wonka? <laughs> yes. Went to squeeze the girl out? He had part of his visions privately that he would talk with his most elite members with this idea of juicing people, which is getting rid of all of the people so that they have all the structures on the highways so when Om Shinrikyo is taking over in the post Harumageddon world, they have everything they need because they're not exactly civil engineers. <laughs> like oh, they I can, see. As long as they got shops and shit, he can get people in there running everything, but he can't build them. And so hmm. his megalomania, his view, the, the, what the apocalyptic guruism he was doing actually was a big part of it. He really did want to end the world. He really did, but this mm. was, it was, it was funny. It was like he was using the plan for Harumageddon to postpone until they were ready for Harumageddon. That's the sure. problem is that that's why he had to bump up the date. Yeah. He said, like, until then, he was still waiting on 9097 because he was trying to build this plasma weapon. But the thing is about uh, the plan for Harumageddon, about moving it up a little faster, moving it up a little closer, is that he didn't want to use the sarin attacks at first. He had. He was like, okay, I want to say the sarin problems. attack. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't want to use those attacks, the sarin attack, at first. They tried a couple of different plans before they finally got to the sarin attack. Uh, his first idea, and 
it's got to be remembered that the guru had a head full of acid at almost all times. But you got to stay level. Yeah, you do. You don't want to meet me without my coffee. You don't want to meet Asahara without a head full of fucking weapons grade LSD. His first plan was to use a gigantic laser to slice the Tokyo Police Department's headquarters in half. And they were like, um... What do you want us to make? <laughs> He's like, we will make a plasma weapon most powerful. Young Sapien will show. <laughs> He's like, oh, look, he gave me fresh air. It's like this. Uh, imagine fresh air. You turn it on and make everybody blur up. <laughs> young Sapien is most wise, aren't you, Young Sapien? Yeah. It comes from my most powerful tutelage. He's as blind as a goddamn closet door. <laughs> Not bad. Man, after Ohm scientist patiently explained to Asahara that such a weapon was well beyond their capabilities, they eventually settled on what could only be described as a high-powered laser pointer. Oh, they should have just <laughs> made the police station into a mic, uh, into a, into a uh, toaster. Exactly. And then, and then pushed it down. Oh, you see? And then toasted them. You see? Yeah, These are ideas. <laughs> Those are you ideas. need to be in the inner circle. I should have been in there. And the laser pointer idea really would have worked if this was the Fievel world and all yeah. cops were cats. That would have been fine. You can't but... stop thinking about earthquakes, and that's why you should always wear a seatbelt. Always wear yeah. a seatbelt. Yeah. But would they would also, his his it's kind of like being a late night talk show host, where you go out there and you say a bunch of ludicrous shit, and you've got a bunch of writers that are like, these are, you have to come up with good reasons for why it won't work. Yeah. Right? And so what they said, their reason why they won't work is being like, we got all the plans, like plasma weapons to go. Technically, yes, these don't exist and nobody has them and this is not a thing. Right. But... <laughs> We have all the plans. The only problem is that we don't have enough power. Yeah. Mm. And he's like, well, we got it. If we could harness all the power of Tokyo, which is fine, but we'd have to get a hold of the fucking grid, yeah. which is a whole other rigmarole. It's going to be paperwork. And Asahara's like, I don't got time for this. It's already 1995. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Because the original uh, and the original plasma weapon, like the super big one, it would have been large enough to fill four cargo planes. And they said that the noise that it made would have been so loud it could be compared to an artillery shell. Oh. <laughs> so bad. not inconspicuous. What are you talking plan- about? You can't get a concealed weapons permit for that? <laughs> sure you can. And the plan for the gigantic laser was to just shine it at the police department and any cops who happen to be standing near the windows would be blinded instantly, uh, which would cause pandemonium, which uh, would cause the raid to be postponed. We used to shine deer in Wisconsin. That's what, it, that's what they wanted. similar, yeah. It's like that. What you, you should have done is get old B. Arthur out there and fucking strip her nude. Yeah, that's Blind a good him instantly and have her walk down the street going, these boots are made for walking. You're not wearing any boots. And that's just what they'll do mm, to I my feet. It. These oh, boots, someday they'll walk their way right all over. You, you fat, ugly police officer. Whoa, arrest her. <laughs> so after that plan proved to be unworkable, the next plan was to spray the entire city with LSD using the helicopter. I wish that one went through. Yeah, yeah but nice. the biggest roadblock to that was that Ohm was never actually able to get the helicopter off of the ground. Tripping nuts. <laughs> yeah. It is a problem. I got into a car once on too many mushrooms, and I remember getting in the car being like, it's easy. You just get in the car, you turn the fucking key on, right. and you just you pull away and you drive. You drive all every day. You can do yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, you're on mushrooms, but it's a car. Yeah. And then I get in, and the first thing I was like, 
This car's too big. I'm too small. <laughs> <laughs> Just five guys staring at a helicopter fucking oh, yeah. cockpit. Just being like, I can't get it there, man. I got the fucking heebie-jeebies. Like, Tommy, big time, bro. You, you got to get up there and spin it. You got to spin it. I was trying to do the fucking toggle switch, man. And it turned into a fucking snake, dude. It's like I'm fucking Noah, dude, or Moses, dude. Very fun. And they tried using re- little remote control helicopters instead, but every time they tried to fly them, they just kept crashing them into trees over and over again. You know who tried to do the same exact thing? Who? Jerry Garcia from The Grateful Dead. (laughs) Isn't that exciting? (laughs) So then, in mid-March, Ohm got word that the raid had received an official date March 21st, 1995. So with no options left, Ohm decided to use sarin gas, the only weapon that they had actually succeeded with. And as for their target, they chose the location that would cause the most chaos... The Tokyo subway. This is intense. I love this breakdown for the yeah. for the subway as yeah. well that you do. And unlike here in New York City, Tokyo, they have the most efficient subway system in the entire world. It carries 2.7 billion people a year, twice the number of people we have to deal with here in the city. And I'm going to put go out on a limb too. The other thing is the Japanese people are are more stackable. <laughs> they are actually they they, have, yeah. they fit on each other's shoulders yeah, and because they're more physically able they go hop, 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 and they all just fit in columns like totem poles yeah, yeah. and they're much more of a uniform size here in New York City it's well, a all types pop. of sizes all you different. got you got the shorts you got the talls you they're got everything very- you, you yeah. have the Mayans you have the Russians there's so yeah, many oh, different and no, people you don't stack a Russian no can't no, stack no, a no, Russian no. a Russian they, they crouch go in, yeah they go inside of each other that's what they do This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with Horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders... I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest. and. I guess I can share it here. I I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. 
as soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash last pod. Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8th, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. So every single day, the Tokyo subway carried 5 million passengers and covered 470,000 miles. And yet, delays are remarkably rare, and Ohm would match the train system's efficiency in their ultimate plan. Which is, mm. that's also the problem when you're too good at something. Right. Yeah. If you get used for that. Yeah. And that's what they did. Yeah. And also, have you ever seen video of on YouTube of people getting onto the Japanese oh, subway yeah. station? Yeah, it's terrifying. They, they pack them in. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, everybody's- They have a packer. Yeah. They, they have a packer. It is somebody's <laughs> job to pack it. To just go be like, can you imagine just- Grabbing butts. What a pervert oh, fantasy that job must yeah. be. Just getting oh, to press no. all of them against each no, other? No, it's all <laughs> eunuchs. It's all eunuchs. You think so? I think so. I think they have to take off the balls. Otherwise, they're going to be- what is it? Uh, felching. But, uh, felching. But, for no, felching. No, you're talking about fraudage. No, no yeah. fraudulism. That's what I'm fraudage. Yeah, felching yeah. is when you suck yeah. semen out of a recently cummed in butthole. Uh, no, I thought felching is when you step on a dead man. We've done this. That's mulching. I'm not sure. Either way, the subway system but is special. Thing, <laughs> but the Japanese people, do they have a separate car for men and women? No. Is it Chinese? Uh, maybe they do at some places, but not in Tokyo. They're not the same. That's for certain. I know that for certain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, as always, they chose the most cartoonish way possible to prepare for the attacks. The scout team they sent out consisted of four identically dressed men wearing beige, jack- beige jackets, navy blue pants, sunglasses, and gauze masks. The only one who dressed a little differently was the leader of the team who had for some reason decided to wear a gigantic white wig on the mission. (laughs) And these guys, they took notes on, and they were meticulous. They took notes on what time the trains arrived and departed, which car doors opened nearest what exits, and how long the doors stayed open. They do. They're very studious. Yeah. And they they really worked very hard. And then when they asked the leader, being like, why are you wearing a wig to the, the reconnaissance mission? He's just like... I know we all stand together in unity, but the leader, at at some point, must stand alone. (laughs) Yeah, channel his inner Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) So the plan was to hit three of Tokyo's biggest subway lines, the Hibaya, the Marunouchi, and the Chiyoda. Each team member was to carry two 
airtight plastic bags filled with 20 ounces of sarin solution, wrapped those bags in newspaper so they would be less conspicuous, mm. dropped them to the ground at their appointed time and station, and punctured the packages with sharpened umbrellas and run away. Like the penguin? Uh, like literally like a bunch of penguins. But what if it's not raining that day? I don't know. And you yeah. look incredibly suspicious. <laughs> you, have a, you have a wig, a, a bizarre air pack, and an umbrella with you. Honestly, though, it does make me nervous since doing research on this on this specific series oh, yeah. is that when I go on the train and it's sunny outside and I see a guy with an umbrella on it, I go like, terrorists! You <laughs> have to. Terrorists. You have to scream it at him. <laughs> now, if done correctly on each different line, the different trains would converge on Kasuma Gaseki Station, where the Tokyo Police Department was located, right as the shift change was happening, Ooh. and right when the sarin gas had reached its highest potency, killing as many cops as possible. Because the liquefied mm. sarin gas is released, and then it right. slowly breaks down. And mm. as it decays, that's when it that's when it becomes the gas that becomes super, super deadly. And, yeah. it, and, it, and it happens over a bunch of minutes. So the, the guys who, got, who popped the bags had time to run off the train without being hurt, and then it just drifts. And yeah. because it's so powerful and because they're so efficient, it would have taken it all the way to the heart of and Tokyo. You, you would say, in your expert opinion, this happens in a in a bunch of minutes. In a bunch of minutes. <laughs> <four. laughs> you wouldn't believe how, how is- many minutes it is. It's, it's at least a handful a, of minutes. It's a bunch of minutes. Huh? <laughs> I hope everybody's got enough dollops of sarin, guys, because we've, we've only got two dollops of it. Then, then there's the shoots out of it won't be good enough. To make everybody go cough, cough. Okay. <laughs> so I'm the Rudy of scientists. <laughs> Give him a shot. Give him a shot. Get him in there. You're going to be a great dad. When are we there? A bunch of minutes. <laughs> so the five cultists chosen for this task were high ranking, loyal members who had been a part of OM for years. First up was Dr. Ikuo Hayashi, mm. the man behind Ohm's makeshift clinics. He had presided over dozens of tortures and medical experiments over the years. He was essentially Ohm's Mangala. Yeah. Next was Yasuo Hayashi, a dope fiend and electrical engineer whose specialties included abduction, wiretapping, and intimidation. The media would later dub him Killer Hayashi. I'm so Ooh. glad they changed my nickname to Killer Hayashi, a nut. Dirty diaper Hayashi like it was within yeah. Om Shinrikyo. You poop your pants one time. One yeah. time, one everybody time. see. And I say, oh, I was just raffing too hard at a joke that the master made. And they all did. <laughs> oh, I get nicknamed Dirty Diaper Hayashi. <laughs> but they'll see. Oh, they'll see. Six years of killing later, he finally got it. Killer. <laughs> then came Kenichi Hiroshi, an applied physicist who had graduated at the top of his class and had turned down a job offer at one of Japan's top electronics firms to join Om Shinrikyo. Then there was Masamoto Yokoyama, another physicist. Classmates remembered him as a quiet preppy who was super into bowling. Masamoto, you really like bowling. Why you mean? Why you say I I like bowling? Just like you go, you talk about bowling. When that one yeah. time we went bowling, you would just talk about how much you have a good time. You like literally yeah. bring it up. I mean, like once every third conversation, you talk about how much you like bowling. It's like I like bowling. It's team sport. It's also a way. It's casual way to hang out. It's a good group date. It's like, I like bowling, but it doesn't everybody. Does it everybody like? Bowling? I mean, we all like to bowl every now and again. 
but it does seem you have a fascination. It just seems to be like it's a fun thing. You get to go out and it's chicken wing, and you get you get the beer, and you get to go and you boat it. I mean, like I'm just I'm I'm really alone. You usually in this. do it alone. You, yeah, you, I do it alone. Yeah, yeah because I'm the only one. Because everybody say how much they like to go bowling, but then I'm the only one who's really in the mood to go bowling. It's so like karaoke. Yeah. Everybody gets all mad because I bring up going to karaoke because I like to go karaoke, but no one ever really go. Hmm. So the fifth and final attacker was Toru Toyota, a particle physics graduate student. He was a pop. What? Just because his last name's Toyota, he Hi, just sounds giggling. Hello, my name is Brian Dodge Caravan. <laughs> it's I mean, a it's, common name in Japan. Okay, it just yeah. seems like somebody who's like you know not it's, Asian was just like I'm gonna go there and try to fit in. And, you know, <laughs> how do I assimilate into their culture? And Hi, hello, my name is Gregory Wonton. <laughs> Are you Asian? Yes. (laughs) All right. So Toyota, he was known to classmates for his spot-on impression of Shoko Asahara during Ohm's 1990 election campaign. He would not. I'm sure that Asahara did not know that he did that impression. (laughs) Mm -mm. I guarantee you not. He was converted to Ohm only two years later by a fellow student. And as the five attackers were given their assigned subway lines, Chief Scientist Saichi Endo was working as fast as he could, producing nearly two gallons of sarin solution. But thankfully, due to the rushed nature of the job, the solution ended up being only 30% pure, which saved thousands of lives. You want it quick? You want it fast? You want good? Done? You can only get one, two, you get two of those. <laughs> right. Have we said that each time on this episode? You want it done fast? You want it done right, motherfucker? <laughs> That's well. That's different than what Henry said. <laughs> no, it's it's. You see, I've seen the sign. It's done. It's like a, it's like a quippy sign. It's always yeah. like in a TGI Friday. It's, it's you want it fast, you want it good, or you want it cheap. Right. You can only get two of those. Gas, yeah. gas, or uh, or weed. What? <laughs> Ask, gas, or grass? Yeah. And rides for free. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, oh, a, that's, that's what a, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what totally what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I would always get in cars with those people and be like, I don't have any grass. I got two feet ass. Yeah. I'm calling your bluff, motherfucker. Whoa. Oh, yeah, and then they're just raping you behind a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to go to Milwaukee. Damn. So the night before the attack, Endo gave his final briefing in front of an image of Shiva. He handed the attackers five umbrellas whose tips he had personally sharpened with a lathe and watched them as they practiced their mission over and over again. Imagine this scene. Five grown men sat and stabbed bags of water for hours upon hours on end trying to find just the right pressure to use. Again, remember, everybody's on LSD. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Too hard, and the solution would spurt up into their face. I just forget a lot, too, but it really is. is Remember, these people are literally on drugs (laughs) a lot of the time. These people are tripping balls. Yeah. They're handed in umbrellas. Can you imagine how heavy that is? To have a head full of acid and someone being like, you gotta be a terrorist tomorrow, buddy. Get your umbrella. You gotta stab these bags of water, man. Do it better. You gotta do it faster, dude. And oh. you're, just, you're just sitting there being like, is it good or is it bad? Did I do bad? Am I good? I can't even watch How I Met Your Mother on acid because I just want to know the answer so bad. And they never really tell you. So these guys, you know, too fat, too hard, it's gonna spurt up. Too soft, and the bag wouldn't get punctured at all. But ready or not, the next day, each agent was taken to their assigned station at 7 a.m. and entered their assigned target stations. Now, technically, 
this this attack is uh, we're going to get now into the famous attacks. Now this is essentially Japan's 9/11 besides Hiroshima, which we did. So we did. Yeah, we don't really Nagasaki. We kind of did it twice. We did it twice, but it's not. It's but they deserved it. They did things and they deserved it. <laughs> they didn't deserve it. We they, were just. They, it was they, dick they did bad shit. Saved a lot of lives. We did. I think technically there's a lot of revisionist well, history we, that goes back. I mean, and forth we saved a lot of Russian lives, and you know, but also one, our, well, the Russians were, were our allies. Japanese attacked Pearl Think about that. We we did allow that. We would not have had that. Yeah. Shitty ass Ben Affleck movie. That's for certain. Oh, they yeah. hadn't done oh, it. Oh yeah, who are we gonna get to play FDR? Fuck, I don't know. Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? He loves the sit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is very serious. Yeah, this is serious now. <laughs> no, People this died. Is, this is re- this is actually very like this is yeah. definitely Japan's 9/11. So Killer Hayashi, he was the first. He boarded the train at the Ueno station. And a few stops in, he calmly placed his bags on the ground, stabbed them as many times as he could, and elbowed his way off the train without anyone noticing what had happened. The, the scene would be insane. Yeah, but you also got to remember, this is rush hour. This is a right. rush hour. Uh, it's a rush hour train. It's filled with people. Everyone's going to work. No one's paying mm. attention to the person next to I don't to look at him anybody out. on the That's train. That's all I'm saying. I just don't look at anybody on the train. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you had an asshole just elbow his way through at, like, Grand Central or something? I saw somebody panic and get off the train, and I got off the train. Really? Yeah, because it, they must have known something. No, they probably just had a panic attack. That happens to me every once in a while. I'm extremely claustrophobic, so if a yeah. train's too tight, sometimes I have to get out and take a couple of breaths. And I get never back got off the train because I got to get places. Well, Even if I'm fucking about to throw up. <laughs> Toru Toyota, however, instead of not getting noticed at all... He had decided to wear elbow-length plastic gloves on his train car, but he still managed to puncture his bags without too much notice, as it is, after all, Japan, and you see weird shit all the time. Fashion, yeah. So Kenichi Hiroshi, he hit a small snag when the crowded train prevented him from taking off his backpack, which contained the sarin. And when he did finally manage to wriggle it off and take out the bags, he dropped them on the ground. (sighs) But he still carried through his mission and was able to puncture his bags five stops from Kasumi Gaseki Station. And at the other end of the same line, <coughs> Masato Yohama attempted to puncture both bags, but only managed to get one uh, leaking before running off like the rest. And the last one, Dr. Hayashi, had second thoughts. The only one that had second thoughts, but still did his duty. That's where there's a there's a very interesting series mm. on Netflix right now called Zero Hour mm. that does that focuses on the day of certain big events in history that are normally horrible. And so they did one on these attacks. And Hayashi was very interesting because he was a doctor when he was on the train before he did the uh, before he popped the bags. He was looking around just being like, I used to help people. I used to make people feel better. Like, why am I doing this? He said he looked across the the train and saw a woman. He's like, when I puncture these bags, that woman will definitely die. And then what he did was what – Asahara posed to them all the all the times what we talked about the Mahamudras and these these nonsense things that he would ask impossible things he would ask of the people uh, in Om Shinriki in order to prove their faith and so the way he he got back into that thought loop of being like this is an impossible thing I'm being asked to do and I have to face it I have to do it without questioning because that proves that I'm truly devoted yeah. meanwhile yeah. he's Asahara's smelling his nuts <laughs> counting right. money yeah I hate this guy I don't like this. him. No, he's not no, cool. I don't, I don't like him at all. The doctor or the Asahar? doctor? Yeah, no, Asahar. I mean, I kind of respect him for his, <laughs> his sheer desire for a nuclear weapon. But 
No, this I guy. I kind of understand it. Yeah. I can, yeah. All I of us want to be Asahara. It. He's also smart enough not to be doing these attacks. Yeah. He's, you know. Yeah. So so by 8.15 a.m., all five assailants were in getaway cars heading back to the Ohm compound, and nine bags leaking sarin gas on five mm. subway cars were all headed toward the center of Tokyo. Now, first came the smell. Pure sarin has no scent, but Ohm's 30% batch was said to smell like a cross between mustard and burning rubber. One woman also described it as kind of smelling like rotten onions. And on one line, passengers were able to sniff out the source, and they kicked the leaky bag out the door, but it was far too late. Because the other thing uh, about the way the sarin gas sm- uh, spreads is that it's there's so many commuters. There's so many people walking in and out of these trains, and the sarin gas is down on the ground. So every time people get off the train and get back on the it, pressure it literally <laughs> pushes yeah, it up. It just pushes it up into the air. Mm. Also, the, the traditional Japanese ga- uh, game of uh, kick the stinky back. <laughs> yes, I love that game. <laughs> and it began with coughs and sniffles. Like, people described it as a, a train full of people all suffering from colds. Uh, and within seconds... People started collapsing to the ground. Just, they started twitching. They started spasming. And at the next stop, dozens of passengers exited the cars. They were all coughing. They were all wheezing. But the train didn't stop and continued on after less than a minute, still on time. Because people don't complain. Yeah. Right. They it, literally just, were like, not going to complain. They were on their way to work. Nobody assumed that anything was a pro- that there, anything was bad was happening. Yeah. Well, they knew something bad was happening, but they're just saying to themselves, I'll deal with it. I got to get to work. So at the next station, a woman collapsed and was carried off. But still, the train didn't stop. It took three stops before someone finally pressed the emergency button as dozens were gagging and vomiting throughout the entire train car. So out of the dozens that rushed out, five collapsed immediately on the platform and started foaming blood from their mouths. And three more didn't even make it that far and lay on the floor of the car, rapidly dying. And above ground... And above ground, hundreds of commuters were pouring from the subway Mm. exits. And while one would expect this to be absolute pandemonium, kind of something that you'd see on 9-11, people screaming, people yelling, the scene was almost silent because the sarin, it removed everybody's ability to speak. All you heard was just like coughing. And otherwise, it was just absolutely silent. And people collapsed on the ground. They're bleeding from their noses and their mouths, all without a word. I haven't seen pictures myself, but descriptions of the scene from helicopters, news helicopters mm. above, it sounded like Jonestown. Well, because people didn't know, again, what was happening. No and, idea. And because they have not had any sort of terrorist attack in Japan up until this point, it was, and because it's such a nefarious, quiet weapon. Yeah. And and it just snuck in. They were very smart. Like Om Shinrikyo was right about the sarin gas. Like it was because it just kind of spreads silently and it doesn't make it's not like a bomb. Like a no. bomb brings cops. A right. bomb brings police off. Like it brings a lot of attention. Like this thing it just it was crawled right up into the center of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. It took them two and a half hours to figure out what was going on. Right. They had it, no idea. Make sure you check your carbon monoxide uh, detectors. Thank you. That's, all, that's also a silent killer. Thank you. That's actually very sweet of you to say that. <laughs> so. Also, sometimes somebody will break in your house or out your work, and what they'll do is they'll hide in somewhere in your house, like yeah. in your closet or in your bed, and right. they'll be there all day because literally they're a psychopath bent only on torturing you to yeah. death, and um, they'll do that. So and you want to check your carbon they'll wait monoxide. Till you go to sli- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they'll wait till you go to sleep, and then they come out and they do whatever it is they're going to do to you in the silent of the night. So Right. Yeah, so uh, what was the point of of scaring people like that. I'm just saying, think about it all the time. Right. 
<laughs> the other thing about this particular station, why it was particularly deadly, is that it was extremely small. It was one of the smallest stations on the line. So the gas spread to hundreds of people very quickly. Uh, and it was the deadliest of all the attacks. Eight people died here. 2,500 had permanent injuries. But they also fucked it up. Because technically, this should have killed all of them. Yeah. Like, if this was really well made, sarin gas, everybody would have been dead. Well, they knew that it wasn't going to be, they knew that it wasn't going to be a gigantic, like, thousands of people dead. Because it was only 30% pure. That was the best they could do. But Asahara didn't know. (laughs) To be honest, Asahara did not know. He was expecting a shutdown of the entire city. Right. Right. And Endo is just kind of keeping it from him. He knows that it's not going to be that great, but he knows it's going to be enough. It's just not going to be enough for the man whose uh, appetite type was described as, quote, unbelievable. Yes, and mm. it's also probably the first time a Japanese person ever settled for a C. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's not good. So on a different line, the, the Hibaya line, the flow of vomit from passengers was near constant. It covered the floors of the trains, and through it all, the trains continued to run. And on the Chiyoda line, station master Tsuneo Hishinuma removed Dr. Hayashi's package and took it to his office with the help of a colleague. And when supervisors found them minutes later, they were found lying on the floor, bubbles of blood foaming from their mouths. And while Hishinuma undoubtedly saved dozens of lives, both he and his co-worker would succumb to their injuries and die soon after. And while most exposed to the gas did not die, the injured numbered in the thousands. Yeah, Hospitals were in absolute chaos, hmm. and nobody had any idea what had happened. They didn't know how to treat any of these people. And thousands of patients were spread across 30 different hospitals. They're blind. They're vomiting. They're disoriented. They're going into seizures, and right. nobody has any idea what's going on. Because that's actually the most nefarious thing about poisoning, is that unless you know what you're looking for, it is very, very difficult to find out what's happening to somebody. That's right. why, like, those stories about, like, a wife killing her husband over, like, two years, like, slowly poisoning them, they just don't know because you have to go looking for the agent. You yeah. have to f- know what you're looking for. Yeah, it took two and a half mm. hours before a military doctor finally recognized it and finally said, like, oh, holy shit, this looks like sarin gas. Hmm. And then they finally did uh, the tests on it, uh, and they found out that's exactly what it was. And also, each one of the deliverers of the sarin gas had a uh, antidote syringe. Yeah, there is an antidote for sarin gas. Yes, yeah. and so they were given that, Ooh. so that once they left the t- train stations, their instructions were, there were cars waiting for them. They got in the cars, each one had a cup of water. They took their umbrella, they they washed the tip of their umbrella in the cup of water, threw out the umbrella, and then gave themselves the antidote, just in case. And only yeah. one of them actually got some of the gas into his system. That's kind yeah. of fun. So it was a situation where the sentence was like, give me the antidote was uttered. That's that did happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 that, cool. that is, is cool. really cool. I never yeah. thought it that does, was real for the longest time. It does happen, time. too. If you get yeah. bit by a snake, sure. you, you will get probably... Bit, then you have to get bit by an alligator, and then you get cured. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that that was just deadly folklore. <laughs> no, no, no. You get bit by a snake, then you have to get bit by an alligator, then, of course, you've got to go uh, eat an egg. You're the worst <laughs> doctor of all time. I'm, I'm a fluffer. Oh, yeah, oh you you're misread. a fluffer I'm a porn set. Yes. Oh, oh, I told not you. A you said doctor. I said fluffer. Uh, you know, I guess Obamacare. Yeah, well, come on. <laughs> Pull him down. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. 
besides appetizers. That's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Mr. Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, of all the McDonald's burgers I've ever hamburgled, these are the hottest, juiciest, and tastiest. Bravo. Hurry in and enjoy one of our 350 bundles, like a daily double and small fries, for a limited time. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any of the offer comparison of prior classic burgers. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So while the hospitals were filling up with people, the trains continued to run the entire time. At one stop on the Maranucci line, a station master removed the bag with a broom and dustpan before the train moved on, but the gas from that bag had already spread through the car, killing two and injuring hundreds inside. This, this is a day you can call in sick. You know, you know it's just true. Hop off the train, go to a TGI Fridays, margaritas at noon. No, but at the same time, in New York, and I rely on the trains, I kind of wish we had a little bit more of this discipline. Because <laughs> yeah, sometimes no, that's it's true. been like, I don't care if there's a guy randomly stabbing people on that other fucking train car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to I'm trying to see... Fucking, they're doing a screening of 2001. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta get to IFC. Get him out of there. Just push him and then keep the train keep going. going. Right. Yeah, yeah. And besides the dozens that were severely ill, you know, Ben, you're talking about, like, taking a day off. Thousands still reported to work that day Jeez. with minor symptoms and sent sarin sticks to the victim's clothes. The gas was spread even further. In fact, many commuters just stepped over people, collapsed on the yeah. ground so they could make it to work on time. It's so interesting how people, I mean, obviously it's very important in their lives. And it reminds me of the secretary in 9-11, on, uh, during 9-11, on, I forget what floor. Yeah. Uh, but she was just like, he, he needs to get his paperwork done today. And it's like, the buildings are falling down. Yeah, and she's still on the phone. And the right. firefighters are coming in like, what the fuck are you doing? He right. was like, well, you know, he's got some appointments. Okay, I want to c- congratulate you on being the world's hardest worker. <laughs> good work. <laughs> here's, your, here's your certificate. Yeah. Um, now you're good? fired because... Literally, the offices are gone. Yeah. <laughs> so in all, 169 hospitals will report sarin cases over the next few days and weeks. Over 5,500 would be physically afflicted in one way or another by the attacks, not to mention the thousands of cases of hardcore PTSD. Mm. Uh, it's the most gruesome of all the physical ailments that I heard about. One woman was admitted to the hospital after the gas had fused her the, her contacts to her eyeballs. Ooh. They had uh. to surgically remove 
her eyes. But at the same time, mm. doesn't that technically completely fix your eyesight? <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like uh, you don't even have to get the LASIK surgery yeah, anymore. It seems it's, like it. no, it's, like, it's almost like, why didn't anyone ever think of just spraying sarin gas in the faces of people who oh, wear again, contact? That's, that's only if your doctor's a fluffer. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, as for the perpetrators, they returned to the compound, burned their clothes, threw their umbrellas into the river, and were congratulated by Asahara himself. He said, It is good that the victim lost their souls to this holy leader and to Shiva. You seem very casual about this. Oh, I am. (laughs) Mm, What's that smell? Ah, yes, my testicles. (laughs) And as far as how the people of Tokyo reacted, the very next day, the trains were running on time again. I just got, just wow. got a fucking. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it is amazing. Take a take a day. I say take a day, but yeah. you know what do we know? Yeah, what that's why we... they're gonna beat. That's why they're beating us in science fairs. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> now, instead of drawing attention away from them as they had hoped, suspicion for the attacks immediately fell on own. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because what Asahara had somehow forgotten was that he had been name-checking Saren in his sermons for literally months before the attack. They had even written a song about it, which they published in their cult science manual. It resembled the uh, the company anthems that Japanese factory workers apparently sing every morning. People are happy to work in other countries. <laughs> they are. They like to sing. Yeah, this the song was called Song of Seren, the Magician, it, of which we have the full lyrics. It came from Nazi Germany, a dangerous little chemical weapon, Saren. Saren, if you inhale the mysterious vapor, you will fall with bloody vomit from your mouth. Saren, Saren, prepare Saren. Saren. Immediately poisonous gas weapons will fill the place. (laughs) Spray, 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 Saren, the brave Saren. What a bunch of nerds. (laughs) Good God. They had a songwriter... Hanging out. <laughs> and they just stole it from Simon and Garfunkel, the sound of Siren, or whatever. I don't know. The sound of Siren. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I heard that Sia actually wrote one of those songs. Oh. Who's Sia? I want to swing from the chandelier. No, no, no. She doesn't have the face. <laughs> she dances with the child. I don't She's know. got the I, child in it. I'm not sure. Shia LaBeouf's in it. I think you made this up. No, yeah. see ya. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, because of the sermons, because of the song, people had a pretty good idea who had perpetrated the attack. But really, ever, they had a hard time believing it because in the public's mind, Om Shinrikyo... They were just a goofy collection of weirdos. They were known mostly as like those guys who wore the elephant mask back in the 1990 election. Asahara himself, just another talk show guy. They thought he was like Richard Simmons. Yeah, right. he was the guy they brought in when they need- wanted something weird. It would be like if like after Oklahoma City happened that we found out that it was like that fucking Vermin Supreme guy from New Hampshire. Or it was yeah. like the flying spaghetti monster people. People They couldn't fucking put it together in their heads. Yeah. Where was Vermin Supreme? <laughs> I think he was at a TGI Friday. <laughs> oh, good, good. So two days after the attacks, police conducted the first of 50 raids on the compound where they found cyanide, hydrochloric acid, chloroform, every chemical needed to produce sarin, $7.9 million in cash, 22 pounds of gold, and yeah. dozens of emaciated followers rotten away in makeshift prisons. A bachelor pad. Oh, so fun. I love that they threw away the umbrellas, <laughs> but they just kept every chemical that would be oh, yeah. needed to this is uh, make sarin yeah, We gas. can't have this hard evidence. Well, they it. they actually they destroyed hundreds of pounds of mustard gas. They got rid of as much as they could I in see. the time. But they had too much. Yeah, they, yeah, they just had too.
too much. The Enterprise had just gotten too big. Please tell me. The last time, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like trying to move out of my apartment. Oh, yeah. I can't even imagine. You know, when you have a whole compound. Yeah, yeah. The knickknacks you leave, all the drawers that you forget. You know, it's like, I don't know how many times I open up a drawer and be like, oh, weapons grade plutonium. (laughs) Yep, don't even remember that. Don't remember buying that. You know, and then you lull. (laughs) What they didn't find, though, was corpses. The Mm. only thing that police found in the basement of Satyon 7 was the microwave and 80 blackened metal drums. That means that they had mm. incinerated at just there, just on their compound, 80 people. Yep. And we don't even know how many others they just let die where they lay. We they, don't know where yeah. how many they buried around uh, the countryside, like just of their uh. own followers and just of people that may have crossed them. 80. They just least. assumed they were making 80 barrels of the premium smoked human scotch. Mm, <laughs> hey, that could be good. Uh, and despite all of this, police still refused to implicate the cult in the subway attack or arrest anyone for murder. Well, they're still the fern with the parrot outside, so they're not convinced it's not a <laughs> no, zoo. No, no, they, they're pretty sure it's a zoo, and they definitely had a snake. And also, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know why the Japanese fought, the Japanese police literally just wanted to see a skeleton with like a sign on being like, I, they did it. Yep. <laughs> like, that's skeleton? what they wanted. That's yep. what they needed. <laughs> I can't die. <laughs> this is how afraid the cops were of of Asahara and how afraid they were of Om Shinrikyo, or at least how afraid they were of fucking up the case against him. One ex-follower came to the compound after the attacks to finally free his children, but as the guy was leading the kids to his car, police stopped him and arrested him for trespassing. And as the guy was being handcuffed, a bunch of OM members came out of the compound, were handed the children by the police, and took them back inside. OM Shinrikyo, and you you bring this up here, they definitely had somebody either well within the police department or the military. Or or they had something on somebody really high up, which I think is much more likely. I, I don't know if they had something on somebody. It's just they were generating so much cash, and they were involved with the Yakuza. And so they, there's so many weird interconnections between the criminal world and the government and the police the police system in Japan that it's like, it's just all one family. Yeah. So everybody's just trying to ignore what they thought was just a pesky little brother problem. Mm-hmm. They just thought it was just like Om Shinrikyo was just kind of an embarrassing thing but whatever, we'll kind of deal with it because they're making us money. So basically laundering money for all, all the these time. drugs and yeah. weapons and mm-hmm. shit. But no, now they're they're um, biting the hand and feeds them. Yeah, absolutely. So by day six, investigators had surmised that Om Shinrikyo was capable of producing enough sarin to kill over four million people. And while hmm. Ohm was in fact in defensive mode for those first few days, they're doing press conferences, they're trying to blame it on the Americans, they're saying we couldn't produce sarin, the only people who could produce sarin are professionals, like those in the U.S. military. Yeah, so that's why they're, they're doing the Harumageddon thing. Yeah, they're doing so the- they were pushing forward, which is really interesting because the plan was falling apart underneath their feet, but Asahara had enough like focus to yeah. be like, no, 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 we need to flip it now. Yeah. Like, If we can yeah. flip it, this is what I've been talking about. I am right. I do have the prophecy in line. Yeah, they'd started to get real fucking proactive here. Uh, So at dawn, about 10 days after the attack, Takaji Kunimatsu, the official head of the OM investigation, was shot four times in the back with a 357 Magnum revolver from 30 yards away. To hit a moving target 
in the dark with a revolve with a revolver that had such a big kick. That was something that only a few people in the entire country could pull off. I think it's yeah. like one of those things, you know when your buddy's in a lot of drugs and he does something really ludicrous yeah. and it's just kind of like like a guy who could like survive like you know like Doc get, Ellis throwing the no-hitter on on ass. LSC, yeah. it's like yeah. one of those where it's just like, you know, it just kind of was the perfect mix of being on drugs. You just don't give a fuck and you yeah. can make something, you can make a miracle. The toxicology yeah. reports on Lee Harvey Oswald, he was full of mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tripping balls. Yeah. Well, actually what investigators believe is that it was either uh the assassin either had to be a cop, a member of the military or somebody who had been uh, trained, trained right. by you know somebody overseas, most likely Russia. So the own PR campaign chugged on. Leaders started appearing on TV shows so often that they became household names. And the most visible of all of these leaders was a man named Fumihiro Joyu, handsome fella who always appeared wearing turquoise pajamas. Joyu came an overnight sensation with the ladies who were dubbed Joyu Gals. And Joyu Gals, they admitted to having dirty dreams involving the PR man, with one girl saying, He took me to strange basement room, and then <laughs> we made love. Why'd you laugh like that? <laughs> <laughs> because he did not know. Me did not have vagina. <laughs> you're, you're a man. Yes. <laughs> but the whole- Are you even Asian? Yes. <laughs> but the horror was not over for the people of Japan. Although not all of the horror would come from Ohm. On April 19th, commuters thought that they had once, been, once again been victims of a subway gas attack outside of Tokyo. But the perpetrator was found to be a small-time gangster who had sprayed mace because of, as he said... Personal problem. I thought it right. was hairspray. <laughs> no, but it's interesting, you know. Like uh, after 9/11, do you remember that small tr- uh, plane that hit the buildings? That was. Uh, uh, oh yeah, the, the, the city pilot shut a, down. The Queens. pilot was a former Yankee. Yeah, but it, but it was a much smaller attack. Yeah, but, man, we thought that was just 9/11 was happening again. Yeah, but you know what also happened on April 19th, 1995? Oklahoma City. Oh, oh. yeah. So uh, this attack got a little overshadowed. Um, but let's also remember this. Uh, how long did it take us to get Timothy McVeigh? Oh, a long time. Uh, two days. Yeah, long oh, time. Oh, yeah, we yeah. got him real, well, yeah. real good. Yeah. Well, we actually wanted to get him. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we almost didn't get him. Well, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we're, yeah, gonna, yeah. we're definitely going to do an Oklahoma City yeah, episode yeah. in the future. But I got to say, again, n- not to be like this, we just do things with a little bit more flair. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, <laughs> just a quick thing with Oklahoma City, just get your license tags uh, renewed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah That's yeah. what got them. They, 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 uh, they have these huge plans, and the smallest little detail is what uh, derails them so many times. Always. Ted Bundy, you lose the lug wrench. You know what I mean? You lose yep. the thing. Mm. Absolutely. And even though the victims of the attack itself were front and center, there were still other victims of Ohm to consider. Mainly the former cult members. Right. I mean, they had a. I mean, there were thousands of people on the compound that were extremely devoted to Om Shinrikyo, and then all of a sudden, these people are starting to filter out, and they're having to try to reintegrate them into society, and Listen, it does not go that well. No. So, a part of what's really interesting about the book "Destroying the World to Save It" by Robert J. Lifton, as I've been reading from, is that it includes a lot of like kind of like debriefing sessions with people that have come out of Om Shinrikyo and are trying to be rehabilitated, and this is some of the shit they've said. Mm-hmm. about their time in Om Shinrikyo. This is one man in Isoda who was short and stocky and bald, but he said he was very arrogant. To put it bluntly, I am arrogant. Rather than believing just in Asahara, I believe in myself. 
I have the belief that I am a great person, so I will survive. I think my personality is like Shoko Asahara's personality. When I walk down the street, most of the time I'm imagining things. And in Ohm, when you imagine things in that way, it was about Armageddon. Rather than thinking that Asahara was above me, I felt more like we were equal. That's one reason why I left. Because there cannot be two leaders. So that's one guy. And then here's another one. <laughs> what a, a dickhead. dickhead. <laughs> Unbelievable. This guy named Yano, who talks about the, the, the way he, they, they, got, they another one of them, the, the, the POA validations. Mm-hmm. In Shin Buddhism, there is a paradox. Bad people may be closest to the pure land and may have a real moment of salvation. So perhaps we can say that Asahara is the one closest to the pure land. So it's like this concept where it's like, like literally, like yeah. They after the fact, they have left Om Shinrikyo. They already knew that that the Saren attacks were done by Om Shinrikyo, and they are still validating it. That's yeah. how deeply they were programmed. Within the within the world of Om Shinrikyo, it's very dangerous. Yeah, and the people that were so far below that had absolutely nothing. No aiming, clue. Had no clue. They continued to live in delusion. They refused to believe that Asahara had anything to do with the attacks at all. One of them said, the only thing I am afraid of is that if Asahara disappears from this world, I won't be able to attain enlightenment. Mm. Like It's still that intense hold of, you know, if without the guru, all is lost. Without the guru, I go to hell. Right. I mean, it is such intense brainwashing. But most disturbing of all, as far as the people that they had rescued from the compound, were the children. And while the kids, they seemed to progress nicely for the most part, because, you know, kids can adapt, they can change, teachers would often return to their classroom after leaving the kids alone for a little while to find messages like Master Asahara and Let's Keep Up With The Training scrawled on the blackboard. But that's good. That's a good message. It is a good message. Um, Also, yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, we got to do it kids i was talking about natalie last night we were talking we have a long thing it's like you know what we got to do 10th birthday take them out to the middle of a field right no, say no. we're going to we're going to talk chuck e cheese i'm like oh yeah chuck e cheese yeah. you put a blindfold on me like i want to surprise you and then you drop them off in the middle of the forest with a bag of supplies and two sticks and say make it back home you're from queens <laughs> you're at no point did your parents yeah, do that absolutely that's no, what i'm saying that's the problem that's a problem right. with me i'm not trained no you couldn't even make it out to the middle of the field yeah but right. my kid will <laughs> i don't yeah i don't know if that's gonna happen. no i mean you couldn't even make it out to the middle of the field to drop your kid off in the middle yeah, of the field. Yeah, I drive. <laughs> I'm driving. You're going to drive, open the door, kick the kid out. Yeah, make it back. <laughs> and when they make it back, we'll have a full pizza party. And if not, mom and dad are available for fucking again. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> Just make another one. Yeah, that's what you could do. Now, possibly the most terrifying of Om Shinrikyo's attempted attacks came on May 5th, 1995, Children's Day. And that morning, investigators found a flaming bag in the bathroom of a subway station. They quickly put it out. But, <laughs> yeah, I know. You're right. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> He's meddling kids. God damn it. It's Dookie again. <laughs> so when the bag was inspected further, investigators found two condoms. One filled with sodium cyanide, the other with sulfuric acid. And when combined... These chemicals produce Zyklon B. Oh. It kills within minutes. So it, ha- it wasn't Dookie. <laughs> it wasn't. So that's worse. That's like when your buddy takes a prank like a little too far. Away. Right. That's that's still a little too like far. When you, that's when not you funny. upper shelf somebody where you shit in the you know not in the toilet. That's not funny. One time no. I put a can of tuna up inside my buddy's car, up in the seat of his car, and he got yeah. really upset after a while. But I then, actually, sort of 
you set a permanent rift in our friendship. Yeah, but then like you were just responsible like killing your mom. Yes, just like, taking it too far. Yeah. And had the police not prevented the acid from eating through one condom into the other, the Zyklon would have been sucked up into the restroom ventilation system, spread across the nearby platform, and killed up to 20,000 people oh within God. minutes. Unbelievable. 20,000. Wow. And they and it was it was literally a minute and a half away from get, from reacting, like the, the, stomping on it like a bunch of d- jerks. Yeah. <laughs> that's what stopped it. Is them just being like, "Gotta put this out." You know what I mean? Like that's all it was. Unbe- unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And two months after the Sarin attack, after arresting and interrogating hundreds of OM members, cops decided they finally had enough ev- evidence to pin Asahara himself to the crime. In fact. Cops had known for months that Asahara was hiding out in the main Tokyo compound after noticing the copious amounts of melons, the guru's favorite fruit, were being delivered to the compound. (laughs) Only a big fat man can eat this many melons. (laughs) (laughs) So under cover of fog on May 16th, 1995, police raided the compound and found Shoko Asahara hidden in a tiny chamber, dressed in purple, as always, and meditating. And at his side was over $100,000 in cash, some medicine, and a cassette player. He told police he had been there for only two days, but his matted, greasy beard, along with what author David Kaplan called, quote, an unholy aura of rancid body odor. <laughs> <laughs> it told a different story. Why do, I'm glad how many bad guys end up in holes. Oh, yeah. Oh, Saddam Hussein ended up in a hole. This you know? is the problem. Why do you just end up in a hole? Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler ended up in a hole. You go to your hole. <laughs> go to your hole. You, you made a mistake. Go to your hole. <laughs> and even though Asahar would be arrested a few days later four separate zyklon b attacks would be attempted in one 24-hour period and all of them were foiled by firefighters and cops and every single one of them would have killed tens of thousands of people if they would i mean you're talking if all four of them would have happened Mm. you're talking eighty thousand people yeah true true terrorist attacks but it's very interesting how they all just kind of they were flailing at this point yeah because once he was gone once the head of the snake was really cut off of Om Shinrikyo, it really fucked. Because that's the problem with the guru-led death cult. Yeah. Is that they all were supposed to be him. They all looked towards him. He was the he was the replacement of their personality. And once that's gone, there's nothing. Yeah. They're, they're, mm. they're, the army and all that shit is just a hollow thing now. Like, you don't have the motivation anymore, and it falls apart. Yeah. Right. So Asahara was taken in and charged with 27 counts of murder. Nine years later, in 2004, Asahara, along with 13 other cultists, were found guilty and were sentenced to death by hanging, a sentence that still has not been carried out. To this day, Asahara and his followers sit in prison. And since his capture, Mm. Asahara... He has lost his mind. And so a prison psychiatrist diagnosed him with severe incarceration psychosis, meaning that Asahara's brain had essentially been broken by imprisonment, just like he broke so many of his followers when they crossed him. In other words... Karma's a bitch, motherfucker. Yeah, that's what happens. You write that check, you have to cash that check. Ooh, I would <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. But I also, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad it happened to him. Fuck him. Yeah, fuck him. I hope yeah, he's I don't jibber. I hope he sits in a pile of his own shit for the rest of his life until he hangs and then shits himself one last time. Ooh, and then makes a little drug. 
Ooh, can you imagine <laughs> how potent, drug. how fucking? I bet if you ate his dookies, you Honestly, trip balls. Yeah, what part of the body would you eat of a person who's taking a bunch of acid? Would the brain make you trip nuts? Nah, nah. no. It says it's in the spine. It's in the spine. I yeah, actually give ate, a spinal tap. I ate a restaurant that had served lamb spine, and it's delicious. It's like um chicken wing, but for lamb meat. It's like a little kind of little barb spine. You suckle the meat out of little fucking crevices of it. It's mm. you're going to like a weird hell. <laughs> It's going to be strange. I just know that's why when I, it's like something in my blood when I go to a farm, animals run from me. Yeah. Oh, my God. All wow. right. That's a four-parter and um, Shinrikyo. Marcus, how is your brain feeling? Oh, I, I, I feel uh, free. Yeah, it, up in, until the next one. So I feel free for like the next like twelve hours or so. Nice. I just kind of feel like Asahara was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. After all this reading, I'm kind of ready for Harumageddon. Yeah. And this all started because of a stupid magazine. The what was it? Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone magazine. Twilight Zone magazine. Yeah. He was he fake levitated, and this that started this whole damn thing. I can't believe it. Yeah, Amazing. I can't believe it. And All one right. thing we got to say right now, uh, fucking Chicago, man. Woo. We're coming to Chicago oh, yeah, yeah. on May 7th. Uh, and shit, we sold out the first show in like an hour and a half. Uh, we're thinking about doing a second show. We're thinking about doing a matinee uh, at like 4 o'clock. That mat- would be all ages. Yeah, and the matinee would be all ages. So if you guys. Yeah, but not like nine years old. No, it would be all ages. You can you, you can, can come if you're not. You you can- if you're nine listening to this, go to bed. <laughs> well, depending or- on what time. Kill your mom. <laughs> All right, don't do that. Jesus. <laughs> Obviously, that's satire. Yeah, but if you guys want, if you want, if you're interested in a four o'clock show, get a hold of us. Go on our Facebook yeah. group. Get a hold of us on uh, Twitter at LP on the left. Get a hold of us on Instagram at LP on the left. Send us an email at cavecomedyradio.com. Uh, let us know in the next couple of days. And if we get a good enough response, then yeah, we'll totally do a second Absolutely. show on uh, Saturday, uh, May 7th in Chicago. I cannot wait to get a hot Italian beef. Oh, I'm man. not being gay at all. I want a hot no. dog. I want a hot dog. You'll you get, a, get hot a hot dog, dog and you can get your hot Italian beef in. Have you ever had one? Yes, I've had it. It's just a, ho- it's a hot dog. <laughs> no, it's not. No, a hot Italian beef is a big fucking wet. Meat fucking thing. Stick your Thanks mouth so up much for supporting it. the Patreon page. <laughs> yeah, uh, Patreon.com slash last podcast yeah. on the left. Uh, if you guys want to go and support us, uh, thank you so much to every single person that's supported us so far. Uh, yeah. If you want your own t shirt, go to uh, cavecomedyradio.com slash merch uh, and buy yourself a t shirt there. Uh, Check out the Lucky Bone Show, Roundtable of Gentlemen, yeah. page seven, uh, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, Sex and Other Human Activities. Yes, that's right. And um, Henry's, uh, yeah, as I said earlier, Henry's going to be guesting on yes. uh, page seven the next few weeks yeah. uh, while Molly's getting married. Molly's getting married. Molly. What a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, um, you can check us out on Instagram at LP on the left and also mm-hmm. me on Instagram at Dr. Fantasty if you want to. Also, for some reason, I'm on Snapchat. Ugh. And I don't know what it is. I'm yeah, doing it. It's dumb. See, Nothing. That's a, yeah, I'm doing face swap. Yeah, face swap. Oh, we're I'm having doing a lot face of swap. we're having yeah. a lot of fun yeah. with face swap. Yeah, I'm put I'm face swapping myself with a bunch of albums and put it on my yeah. Instagram. It is you fun. Face swap your, yeah. You can you can face swap your face on a butt. Be a butt <laughs> face. Yeah. Someone did a face swap with all of us and uh, yesterday, and I got to see what I would look like with tits. And oh, was I that was, a woman? That, yeah. Well, she had breasts, Ben. I didn't really look at the picture that hard. No, I didn't look. I just looked at the faces. I didn't even. I couldn't sexualize the the. You don't sexualize anything. No. 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 <laughs> yeah, maybe a water glass or something. Breasts. Uh All right. Yeah. Marcus Barks on Twitter. Henry loves you on Twitter. I'm at Ben Kessel on Twitter. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Al Gain. Hail me. And uh, Sakahara. Is that his name? Asahara. 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 We just talked about him for like five hours. Asahara? Asahara. Asahara. Don't kill everybody, okay? Yeah, no one, please.
If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 